0: Now, in the stressless in-studio this morning, it's Steve Gunnels. He is the District Attorney for Deschutes County. Steve, good morning, sir. Good morning, Frank. Very nice to have you here today. I appreciate it so much. So uh, one of the lead stories we've had during the day today is the Randall Kilby uh, case. Can you bring us up to date, uh, give us some background, and then where are we at now with that? Sure. Yeah, Randall Kilby was convicted
1: uh, two weeks ago of two counts of murder in the first degree for the hatchet murders of two brothers, Benjamin and Jeffrey Taylor. That murder occurred in March of 2021. Uh, We had a two-week jury trial here in Deschutes County, and the jury returned a unanimous guilty verdict on both charges of murder in the first degree. Uh, And then last week, Judge Annette Hillman sentenced Mr. Kilby to two consecutive true-life terms. A true-life term is a Uh, a term that we use in in the criminal justice system to to signify somebody who can never get out of prison he'll never be eligible for parole or release uh, on either charge and they're consecutive meaning he has to serve one after the other obviously once the first uh, the first true
0: life term is served he will be done but he will never get out now there is another case involving him that's coming up Right.
1: There is an additional murder charge that's still pending, and that is in regard to the murder of Daphne Banks on Christmas Day of 2020. And in that case, uh, the judge ordered that statements that Mr. Kilby made to the police had to be excluded from any trial that is held against him. And we've appealed that decision to the Oregon Supreme Court. And so that uh, the trial case is uh, still pending, but it's stayed until we get a decision from the Oregon Supreme Court on whether we can use his statements against him.
0: When do you expect to get that decision? Uh, usually,
1: those take anywhere from six months to eighteen months, something like that. Uh, it's not a it's not a fast process, uh, and there are there are times when the Supreme Court can expedite their decision-making process and, and get something sooner. But typically it's a, it's a longer process. So we, we don't expect to have anything, uh, anytime in the next six months.
0: Is that why these two cases leapfrogged? Because it seems to me that you just said one case occurred in 2020 and then the case he gets, got convicted on was a year later.
1: That's correct. So the, uh, the reason that they were tried separately is that they were separate criminal incidents and so we couldn't combine them for trial also with the the ruling of the judge to exclude his statements regarding the Daphne Bank's murder uh, you know we that had to go on a separate track so that we could appeal that decision and and have his statements if possible have his statements available when we prosecute him uh, ultimately for that case
0: with the Daphne Banks case he was ar- arrested charged right? Uh, he was arrested. He was not charged. Was not charged. So time. then, therefore, he was released, right? And out into the wild. And then these other two murders took place. That is correct. Do we see that much of that around here? Uh, that's the the first that I've seen of
1: that. Um, we we have had people who have been convicted of multiple victim murders, but uh, that's the first one where somebody had been arrested for a murder. Released and then committed another murder, to my knowledge.
0: So these cases that we're talking about happened. Uh, uh, well, now it's 2024, so we're talking three, two or three years ago. However, there was a case just last month where someone else has uh, has been arrested. Yes, that's right. On December 26th of 2023,
1: Theodore Bowser was arrested at his home for the stabbing death of his mother, whose name is Renee Carlson. Uh, Police were called to the scene by Mr. Bowser's brother, who reported that he had witnessed the assault on his mother, and uh, Mr. Bowser was arrested at gunpoint and has since been indicted by the Deschutes County Grand Jury on a charge of murder in the second degree, and he's being held without bail in the Deschutes County Jail. Do you have their ages? Yeah, Mr. Bowser is 37 years old, and Ms. Carlson, the victim in the case is, or was, 60 years old. Mm,
0: okay. And uh, that case will go to trial, do we know when? No, it hasn't been set for trial yet. I would I would not
1: expect it to go to trial uh, until at the earliest, the fall of 2024.
0: Okay, yeah, it, it seems, we don't normally when you and I discuss things once a month, we don't normally have two murder cases, actually in reality, three murder cases to talk about on one, in one morning. It seems highly unusual. Yeah, it's, it's um, you know
1: historically in Deschutes County, murder has been a, a very rare thing. I've been a prosecutor for 30 years here, and the, this typical murder uh, per year, for Deschutes County has been zero, one, and in a bad year, two. But since COVID, you know, since the, the COVID times in 2020, that number went up to four. And then in uh, 2022, we had uh, eight and then uh, four and then four in, you know, in that period of time. And so it's, it's very. Uh, unusual spike in extreme violence that we've seen here in Deschutes County. We're still a relatively safe place in terms of, you know, ext- being subject to violence like that. But but we have the this weird spike, and we've seen nationally a spike in homicides uh, since COVID um, and, and the the reasons for it, I think, are controversial, but I think they largely have to do with, at least in Deschutes County, they largely have to do with drug and alcohol use uh, increasing during that period of time, as well as the social, social isolation that results, in some cases, with psychosis. Uh, and And that combination of drug use and isolation is a very bad thing for people who are prone to mental illness.
0: These cases that we're seeing are they domestic?
1: It's it's a variety of things. the the case that uh, the cases that we've been talking about this morning, the Kilby case and the Bowser case, those are essentially domestic cases where uh, people were cohabiting, uh, and you know, in the in the Bowser case, Mr. Bowser is charged with murdering his mother. And so people who are in close proximity to each other living under the same roof or connected by family are more likely to be the, the subjects or the, the suspects in a homicide case. But we've also had cases where we've had perfect strangers committing murders against uh, you know innocent individuals who just encounter them by chance. Uh, you know the Safeway shooting is an example of that, where people who were just in the in the Safeway store working or shopping were, encountered somebody who was in a psychotic state uh, after drug use, and uh, you know the result was homicide and a really horrible crime scene.
0: Let's uh, move over to something not quite as heavy, and that would be uh, phone scams that have picked up here recently.
1: Yeah, I, I've been noticing in the police reports that come into our office uh, an uptick in a certain kind of phone scam where individuals will call somebody out of the blue and they will explain to the person taking the call that they work for the bank, the bank that this person has their money, and... And that there's been an issue that's come up with the the account and they need to transfer their money out of the bank account so that the money doesn't get taken. Uh, So we've had a few of these in the past uh, year and the worst I've seen resulted in a gentleman transferring about a half million dollars out of his bank accounts and sending it to these scammers and it's gone forever because the bank can't reimburse it at that level. And what happened in that case is someone called him up and said they were calling from his bank to let him know his account had been compromised. And ultimately, they went through several different individuals getting on the phone, calling him back, and telling him where to send the money, giving him account numbers to send the money to. And he was able to get the money sent to these accounts, thinking that they were in a safe place, but they actually were in the the uh, possession of the, the scammers and the scammers just emptied out those accounts and had not been located at the time the police uh, were able to investigate it. And my advice to anybody who receives such a call, if they're concerned that their, their account is somehow compromised or in danger, they should call their local bank branch and not just trust the person who's making a phone call to them. And they should talk to somebody at their bank branch or, better yet, go into the bank branch so they can actually see a human being and talk to a human being face to face, and they know that that person actually works at that bank. In, in the case that I was talking about where the gentleman lost a half a million dollars, if, if he had done that, if he had gone to his local bank branch, they could have looked at his bank account and said, there's nothing, there's nothing wrong with your bank account. It hasn't been compromised. This is a scam don't do anything, don't take those phone calls, don't move your money anywhere, your money is safe. And that would have saved him you know, a huge amount of money. And uh, also to reach out to law enforcement so that they can investigate and potentially locate who's doing it. A lot of these uh, scammers are from out of our area. They're from either some far-flung place in the United States or overseas. And they're very good at convincing people that they're genuine, they're looking out for this person's interests, and they work for the bank, and, and they uh, will take care of the money, and they do take care of the money.
0: <laughs> Certainly do. Steve Gunnels, District Attorney for Deschutes County. Steve, thank you so much. Thank you, Frank. FM News 100.1, 1110 KBND.